We play for bravery. We play for big hearts in tiny bodies. We play for the fighter within. We play for life reclaimed, disease in remission, stories rewritten. We're Children's Hospital of Richmond at VCU, and we nurture the champion in every child. We fight the forces that threaten them, and we play to win. Learn how at chrichmond.org. Welcome to Fear It Goes, the podcast all about taking your fears with you and doing it anyway. I'm your host, Brandi Taylor. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to Fear It Goes. We are in the midst of the health series. Yay! I hope you are enjoying it as much as I am enjoying bringing it to you. It has been really interesting, some of the people that... (laughs) that I've had conversations with, and what attributes to our health. So today, I really wanted to talk to you about some roles that are playing out in your life. And I don't think we've ever talked about this, but this kind of leans more a little bit more on the mental health side and how we are taking care of ourselves. This this one actually kind of combines a whole bunch of stuff. So strap in, because we're going to talk about caregivers today. And you may or may not know it, but you are either a caregiver or you know someone who is, or you've definitely been one at some point in your life. Caregivers are one of 10 roles that we typically play out in any given time in our lives. Um, but I want to talk about caregivers specifically today because caregivers are quite unique. These are moments when we are the most giving, loving, amazing people when we are in our caregiver. We are just giving, 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 right? We're helping out. We're making sure that people are okay, or we've taken on a true full-on caregiver role where now we have the responsibility of someone else on us. Now, the interesting thing about a caregiver is this. Very often, I've seen this over and over and over again, very often caregivers are giving from a state of depletion. They are not giving back to themselves. So caregivers often have a hard time being able to receive love, being able to um, receive what they need to be okay with themselves. So they are gaining this often through the people that they are serving. It's, it's a win-win scenario when you're serving someone and you get something from that too. That's great. However, the problem being is that over long periods of time, when you're coming from a state of lack, you're coming from a state of not being full. It's, it's draining you. And when you can't give back to yourself in ways of self-care and ways of what some people would even deem being selfish, I'm being selfish if I take this time to myself. I'm being selfish if I go do that yoga class. I'm being selfish if I take that time to go meditate. Or, or I'm being selfish if I take a break and go do something that I want to do. Because you need me. And I know you need me, so I have to give. The problem with this is there is no ability to reclaim the energy that you need for yourself. 
So very often I describe this like the oxygen mask, right? We're all on planes. We know what this is. The oxygen mask drops down. You're supposed to stick it on your face first, and then the person beside you. If you have a child in care or, or whatever, this is crucial to understanding self-care. Caregivers are notorious for having shorter lifespans. That sucks. Who wants less life? When you're coming from depletion, it's uber important to be able to do self-care. So today we're going to talk a little bit about self-care. And obviously we know why it's important to replenish what is us. Right? So I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but I have very specific practices that I I attune to every day. One of them is meditation. And every once in a while, I'll get out of my groove. And my meditations kind of go to the wayside and life gets in the way and I get busy and the kids are up and or because I do my meditations first thing in the morning before my feet even touch the ground. I, I take my probiotic. It's another that's another thing I do that I know is absolutely important for me. I take my probiotic and I, I do a meditation. When I don't do this, because something's happened, something's thrown me off, I sleep in, whatever the case is, I don't feel the same. I don't feel that grounding. I don't feel that centering. I don't feel that fullness that I would necessarily have or that I absolutely get when I meditate. Same thing happens when I work out. Sometimes, sometimes I feel really good when I work out. Do you feel good when you work out or move your body? I find when we're healthy, we want to move our bodies. Our bodies just want to move. We have lots of energy and we want to move. The more we get stuck, the lower down we get in our energy levels. It has everything to do with how full we feel right? If I feel less, I feel less, I feel less, I feel heavy. I don't feel like getting up off the couch. Please God, just put on Netflix. I just want to chill. Damn it, I'm tired. Why, why does every day have to work out so tough? And I'm saying these things because at the end of the day, caregivers are so drained, but they can't help it. So all you caregivers out there, I want you to really consider how important self-love and self-care is. It's actually crucial for your survival. So what are some practices that you can employ on a daily basis to replenish you so that you can go out and be the amazing caregiver that you are? Because you guys all have the biggest hearts. I'm just saying, like, That caregiver role is an amazing role and we all have it in us. And the more full we are, we automatically do it. We can't help it. It just is part of us because we just feel that connectedness to everybody and we just want to help and we just want to give. So the fuller you are, the more you can give. I wrote a piece on this actually um, in my newsletter and it was, (laughs) and I had literally called it um, selfish or selfless. Because we often think we're being selfish by doing things for ourselves. It's selfish of me to think about myself first. It's selfish of you not to. 
the fuller you are, the more you can give. Always remember that you become selfless, the fuller you are. And when I say full, you're full of love, you're full of energy, you're full of life, you're full of all of the things you need to get through every day and this life with impact. That's what self-care does. That's what self-love does. And often we think of self-care from that space of a bubble bath or a glass of wine. It's not really self-care. I mean, it's, it's a nice little break. And maybe a bubble bath and a little soft music is a break and it is replenishing. But that's not the only way we can do it. So working out actually is another way we can do it. Breath work is an absolutely huge way you can replenish. So I haven't talked about breath work, or maybe I have, I don't know. These episodes, they've been going on for a while now, so I'm sorry if I forgot. Anyways, breath work is really, really incredibly powerful inside your body. The thing is, we haven't been taught to breathe right. Does this sound so crazy? It totally does, right? You just breathe. Well, you breathe on average quite shallowly through the day. You don't take in these big, deep breaths. You take in rather shallow breaths. And that's just normal. The interesting part of deep breath in comparison to shallow breath and the way we breathe with that deep breath and what we're doing can literally change your energy, your energetic state. It can take you out of your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your fight or flight, even when you're in low grade. Okay, low-grade stresses still puts you there. Your breathing puts you there. Your environment puts you there, puts you into this, your parasympathetic nervous system. You are sitting in it on a regular basis and you don't even know it. And when you're in your parasympathetic nervous system, you are not able to mentally think through some of the things that you would normally have no problems with. And then our body is under constant stress as well, right? That's that's stress, parasympathetic, fight or flight, ready to go, body is on alert, but your mind is on alert in different ways. Your frontal cortex is alive and kicking when it's in your sympathetic nervous system. Your nervous system really matters which state you sit in and breathing can change it. So I teach breathing techniques um, within one of actually pretty well within every one of my courses now because I, I realize how powerful a tool that is to take you from one state to another within a minute. Within a minute. Wim Hof actually has made a name for himself all around breathing. He teaches people breathing. And then he you're able to do all these incredible things that you would never think your body was capable of doing only because you changed your breath powerful stuff, right? And no side effects. No side effects. I can do this anywhere, any place. It costs me no money and there's no side effects. We have so many tools at our disposal to be able to give ourselves care, to be able to take care of illness, to be able to create perfect environments within these bodies, but yet we are conditioned to believe otherwise. So, self-care, breath work. If you don't know it, find someone who knows it. I'm here. I'm happy to teach you. Uh, Contact me. Meditation, same thing. Most of you have done guided. I'm going to say most of you have done guided. Guided meditations I find wonderful for the things you think you need. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's so true. It's the things you think you need. So you go down that path and it's helpful. I'm not saying it's not. And I think that there are absolutely places for specific types of guided meditations. Absolutely. Interesting thing about non-guided, when you get into mantra work or when you get into um, breath in breathing or uh, breath in, in meditation, and you are literally doing transcendental, you move out of the space of what you think you want and you move into what you actually need. Your body will guide you. It's remarkable what we can attain, what we can achieve, how focused we can get, how productive we can get, how solution just show up when we're able to really bring ourselves into the state of us. Okay, so this is us replenishing over and over and over again what we are. We are energetic bodies. And if we understand that the only thing that makes us different from energy in any other source, sorry, in any other um, state is that we are dense. We're just dense energy, which makes up matter. That's it. We're still energy. And if we look at ourselves from an energetic state, there's a lot we can do to replenish ourselves at any given time. And it's not that hard. It just takes practice. And this is the thing. So many of us are not in the practice of doing things that really help ourselves because we've never been taught. Because we've never been taught. So I'm not getting down on any of you guys. Absolutely not. This is actually really exciting news, right? This is exciting knowing that this is something you can implement in your life at any given time. It just takes practice. What makes an athlete exceptional? What makes an athlete a professional athlete? Practice, right? And how do they get there? They get there by coaching. (laughs) They have someone on their side making sure that they're staying on track and doing what they need to do to get where they need to go. That's it. So all of you beautiful caregivers out there, understand. Do things that make your heart sing. Maybe it's sitting and maybe it's laughing. Maybe it's spending time singing or hanging out with your kids, playing a crazy game called Munchkins because that's what we've been into lately. And it's super fun, by the way, if you guys ever want to play it, you should try it. (laughs) So fun. Um, Maybe it's These are all external things, though, that I'm describing now, right? I'm saying singing, although singing's vibrational, so singing's good. Music is vibrational, so music is good. But writing also has a very interesting component that kind of goes between mind, body, and the external, internal. Sometimes we can write our way out of problems. (laughs) I know this sounds so weird, right? But there's really interesting correlations between mind, body, and spirit when you write. So... Um, writing is a good one. Listening to someone that inspires you and raises you up. Yes. Yay. I have inspirational people I listen to and I inspire lots of people. So either way, I'm like, I love it. I love inspiring people and I love to be inspired. That always will help bring you up, but it's temporary because you're still seeking it externally, right? So when we talk about the external, let's look at our internal us our internal energy, then we could do energy work. And there's lots of cool techniques for energy work. Again, I know how to do these. And I incorporate these into the courses and the groups that I work with, because it's so essential to daily life. And once you gain these practices, there's nothing you can't accomplish. You beautiful caregivers out there wanting to give to the world, 
you need to give to yourself first. So learn some of these practices, learn to meditate, learn breath work. I'm telling you, if you have ever experienced, sorry, (laughs) if you have ever experienced an anxiety attack or a panic attack, they're horrible, right? Absolutely horrible. I've had one once ever only because I had a bad reaction to a medication I was taking and the reaction was I couldn't breathe. So I end up in the hospital and I can't breathe. And then I get brought in and I'm still having problems breathing. It's like I can't catch my breath. (laughs) And the doctor comes in and I literally, I go into a panic attack. I didn't even know what it was at the time or anxiety attack, whatever it is. They present the same way in the body. I go into this attack. I have, I think I'm dying. It's the craziest thing that I've ever experienced mentally and physically all at once. It's like a complete misfiring in the brain. And I think I'm dying. And this doctor comes in and says, you just need to breathe. (laughs) Thanks, Sherlock. (laughs) Of course I needed to breathe. I was there because I couldn't breathe. (laughs) Interesting thing about learning some techniques and tools is I could have been out of that panic attack in less than two maybe five minutes at maximum. I sat in that for over an hour. And for all of you who go through panic and anxiety attacks, I, I honestly, please contact me because I can teach you something that will work extremely fast. You can do it absolutely anywhere. And had the doctor come in and said to me, this tells me I really do need to set up something with um, healthcare professionals and let them know that there's a really good tool that works really fast that would help a lot of their patients. But had the doctor come in and said to me, I know you're struggling right now. This is probably pretty scary. Um, I'm going to teach you this. And all you're going to do is just follow what I'm doing. And this will take you right back into a rhythm within your body. Because sometimes it's just our body is not following. Sometimes we have a misfiring, right? So when you go into a panic attack, you're actually in a misfiring. And it's like anybody who has ADD, they will know that they are in a, um, they're in a looping There's a looping in the mind that keeps happening. And that's why stimulants, which is what ADD medications are, um, or for adults who have ADD that's undiagnosed, you might drink lots of coffee or lots of caffeine because that's your body's way of getting what it needs to be able to resolve what's going wrong when it's happening. So um, yeah, that's, that's a quick, easy solution. How weird, right? Don't don't give that to your kids. If they have ADD, please don't give them lots of caffeine. <laughs> That's not their solution. They like the medications for that are, are built differently than caffeine fixes. But for adults, it's, it's one of the, it's one of the ways that you can self-medicate. Now that said, there are other ways to medicate without medicating. So self-care, all the ways we give ourselves, you will learn these when you do inner work. There are so many tools that you will discover when you do the inner work. So when you get into the meditations, when you get into breath work, which will take you into lower, um, into lower brain frequencies, which again is more meditative state. When you go into hypnosis, when you go into any of these states that are different brain frequencies, you will learn some things will just show up for you. They will magically appear. It's not really magic. It's just that your brain's solution, your brain's ability to find solutions is different. Number one, um, and number two, 
you're kind of tapping into, again, the energy that is. And if we are all energy, and we go back to quantum entanglement, which is beautiful. I love that science is starting to catch up with what we really are and how things really function. If we look at quantum entanglement and what we are, we realize that you are me and I am you. We are all connected. On an energetic level, we are all connected. So when you walk in a room and you feel that energy and it feels awesome, (laughs) there's a reason why you're feeling that energy. When you walk in a room and it feels really shitty, there's a reason why you're feeling that, that energy. We are all connected and we're all picking up those energies. So when you get into energy work and when you get into, I, I know we talked about energy last week, sort of, well, actually it was a pretty big conversation around energy, but when you get into, um, deeper into you, deeper into understanding that we are connected, deeper into the energy that is you and the connectedness of that energy, all of a sudden you have information that you would never have had before. When I say you're more productive, I'm not kidding. I find that this is an incredible statistic. And actually with people I work with too, you see this all the time. Productivity goes up massively with mindful practices. So when we do inner work, we get more energy, we're more we're more productive, and we're much more able to focus. So when you look at some of the biggest, most successful entrepreneurs, business people in the world, investors, they all have mindful practices, more than 80% of them do. What does that say to you? And they all take about an hour a day to really be mindful. And in that moment to be able to be super hyper focused on what they're driving forward. It's amazing. It's amazing. I highly recommend meditation. I will always recommend meditation for every person (laughs) that I encounter. So you beautiful, beautiful caregivers. I haven't really described some of the attributes of you. And I think I'm going to. Because I find that, again, caregivers are unique in all of the roles. When you learn roles, and which roles are dominant in you in healthy ways and which roles are dominant in you in not so healthy ways, in ways that can lead you down destructive paths, very often the caregiver comes up. And this is why the caregiver comes up. See, the caregiver is (laughs) this beautiful giving person that is typically over it allows others to be over-dependent on them. They need to be needed because that's how they're filling themselves, right? They're taking, they're taking their energy, they're taking their needs through caring for others. It can be detrimental to their own health and their own priorities because very often they'll just push those to the side because they're not important enough. And this also, a lot of times, caregivers are lacking that really true grounding of self-love, that they love themselves enough to do things for them, to do things that are important for them. And through them, they are able to give to others when they're full. They are being given a sense of purpose through this role. And sometimes they end up getting linked to the martyr role. Okay. So the martyr is, don't worry, I'll just do it Um, or there's resentments. Martyrs typically carry a lot of resentment, right? I'll just do this. 
and then and then you don't appreciate it or you've taken it for granted and this is how things end up working out right I've taken I've done something very nice for you and in the beginning I just do it because I want to and then over time it becomes this thing that's kind of expected it's taken for granted and and it's not appreciated and now I'm resenting (laughs) these behaviors have everything to do with the roles that you are playing out so caregivers and martyrs often go hand in hand and sometimes caregivers and victims go hand in hand so there's three roles that are significant there's 10 and if you haven't learned roles that i honestly it's one of the most freeing things you'll ever learn because this is going back to i i'm positive i've said this somewhere way back in another episode but talking about how 90 percent of our actions actually about 93 percent of our actions are determined and under or subconscious by the time we are 30. So you're not even thinking about what you're doing. You're not even thinking about it. You're just doing it. And then sometimes I find this fascinating. Sometimes we'll be like, I'm going to change. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take on this new goal. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to make more money. I'm going to be better with my family. I'm going to get along with my spouse, (laughs) whatever it might be, right? I'm going to make these changes and then come in your roles and you don't even know they're playing out. And if you don't know your roles, if you don't know the roles, you can't see them playing out in someone else either. And it's fascinating because what happened with me when I learned the roles, I went, oh my God, I can see what you're doing. I see the roles you're playing. I see the roles I'm playing. I see how we're butting up against each other and we're not even realizing we're doing it. It changed everything in the way that I could forgive people. It changed everything in the way that I could receive for myself. I, it changed everything in the way that I judged myself because I was judging myself terribly before that, right? A whole bunch of things shifted once I learned roles. So caregivers, martyrs, victims, there are, some, there are others. Learn how to, first of all, learn, learn your roles. Recognize when you're in them. And when they're moving over the line of being very good, healthy, constructive roles into very unhealthy, destructive roles. There are a few roles I really don't, I still struggle with the victim understanding how there are productive sides to that. But there are benefits that victims get. And I I totally get that. I still struggle with really wrapping my head around how that's a constructive role. Maybe, maybe it's from the standpoint that a victim can stand up, be a hero, and really empower others to do the same. Maybe that's how it can be really constructive. I'm not sure. I'll think on that more and I'll let you know. If you want to know more about roles, if you want to learn about self-care, if you want to learn about breath work, if you want to learn about meditation, these are all things I do. And I'd be very, very happy to teach you so that you have all the tools you need to be able to really live the most fulfilling life. So my beautiful peeps, that's my spiel today. And I hope you gained a lot from this. Please know you caregivers out there, self-care, crucial, self-love, crucial, start to do the work, find the guide that you need, find whatever it is that you can at this point, like meet yourself where you're at right now, 
but find it. Okay, so I'm going to give you a quick tip. This is what I actually told the caregiver like two days ago. Uh, in massive state of depletion, right? And I, I know many, many caregivers in this life. They're beautiful people. One of them is one of my closest friends. And when she was in the midst of the worst of it for her, went into a massive depression, um, hair falling out, had eczema all over her body. It, she was a mess. She was a complete mess. So I'm telling this to this caregiver two days ago. I'm sorry, I was just ending this and now I'm not. <laughs> You're with me for a few more minutes. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm telling her about this and I realize she has this massive block around her her heart. She can't receive. She can give. Lots of caregivers are like this. They can give, but they are struggling with the ability to receive. Receive love, receive kindness, receive what they need. And they're not giving it to themselves. So this is trouble, right? This is why caregivers, both sides of the coin, can be really beautiful and really destructive. So I'm telling her this and I realize she she can't receive. So I look at her and I tell her that she is absolutely loved or that like we start talking about love and she literally goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Like she literally like hands out, whoa, 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 whoa. And it was amazing. So I said, okay, I got a really cool exercise for you. So I want you to write down every day in a journal. Like let's, let's, uh, gratitudes are awesome and they change your state too. Gratitudes are another thing that you guys can use um, that replenishes. But I said, I want you to write down in a journal every day. I love myself. She goes, I can't do that. And I'm like, okay, meet you where you're at. What can you do? I, I said, could you be open to that? And she says, yes, I could be open. I could be open to the idea of that. So I'm like, okay, so we're going to write, I am open to receiving love. I am open to the, I am open to receiving love. So that was, that was her assignment I gave her on a girl's night. (laughs) We're out for dinner. And I said, you're going to write this every day. I am open to receiving love. I am open to allowing love into my heart. I am open to this. May not be there yet, but I'm open to it. And so I said, do you think you could do that? And she's like, I think so. And then I said, every day, I want you to write one more on there. So maybe day one, you start with three. You only write it three times. And it seems like the biggest lie to yourself, right? It seems like the biggest lie. But you're going to write it every day. And after about two weeks, you're going to start to notice that this feels better. And you're going to say it to yourself. I'm open to receiving love. I am open to the wonders this world has to give me. I am open to receiving And just these statements will start to move your mind in the direction it needs to go. And you will start to open. (laughs) Caregivers, you got to feed yourselves and you have to feed yourself, not through others, through you. So receiving is a big part of how we can, how we can gain from, yes, our external world, because that does fill us too. And people are always giving to you. People say nice things all the time. And often we just brush them off. So this is a good sign that you have an issue with receiving. That's a beautiful dress or your hair looks, you look beautiful today. 
oh, this dress, I bought it at Salvation Army or I got it on sale. It was such a cheap, it was such a good deal. It was so cheap. It's no big deal. Um, I, you know, I just rolled out of bed this morning. My, my, I, I look like shit. I can't believe you think that I look good. They slough off a compliment. So second little tidbit here, you're going to say thank you. So when someone gives you a compliment, you're going to receive it. Just say thank you. Don't say anything else. You don't have to say anything else. You don't have to receive anything else in that moment. Just say thank you. It's the beginning of you opening up to receiving. And trust me, you want this. You want to be able to give and receive. You want healthy relationships in your life. You want to be able to receive. You want relationships in your life that feel equal. You want to be able to receive. Because if you're giving all the time and you can't receive, even when they are giving to you, you're not recognizing it as something you should be, could be, and and have the opportunity to receive. So caregivers, most of you have issues and blocks with receiving. These are two very simple, super, super, super simple techniques, tools that you can use right now. It's super easy in your day. One thank you. When someone compliments you, thank you. And two, I am open to receiving or I love myself or whatever you feel that you can do because you will advance it to. I love myself unconditionally. No matter what's happening around me in this world, I love myself unconditionally. I have unconditional love in with me, through me, all around me. You'll get there. But in the beginning, you start where you're at and you do what you can do. And every day you write one more time, I love myself or I am open to receiving love or whatever it is that you're writing. And then as you progress and that feels more natural, you bump it up. Okay. So in the beginning, you maybe write this three times in your journal or your whatever you're writing this on and you write it with your hand, please. And then the next day, you're going to add one more on. So you're going to do four and then five and then six. And you're by the time you're feeling better, you've written this probably 40 times or 50 times. But now this is sunk in. This is now becoming part of you and you are open. And being open allows you to receive everything you need through your meditations, through your breath work, through, through whatever means you feed yourself and whatever means the world feeds you too. Caregivers, I love you so much. We need lots and lots and lots of you around this world. And the funniest part, you beautiful souls all listening, is that all of you are caregivers. Every single one of you. Not one of you is not. I used to think that I wasn't one. Until you realize what we do when we're full. You can't help it. You are one. So go out there and feed yourself what you need. If you need help contact someone who can help guide you and get you on the right path to really giving yourself what you need to be whole in this world. Because what a difference it makes, not only to those we serve, those we love, but especially to us and the life that we feel meaning and fulfillment through. I can't say this enough. I love you, beautiful souls. Until next week, when we carry on in our wonderful health series. And I'm not sure what we're going to talk about next week or who I'm going to interview, but I'm sure I'll figure it out. Until then, beautiful peeps, 
Have an absolutely extraordinary week. your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to one day early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. PenFed's got great-